Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. He's trying to destroy a neighboring democracy. He hates democracy, Putin. And I will just say this. To, to President Putin, if you invade the Ukraine, you will destroy the ability of future presidents to treat you and Russia as normal. You'll long for the good old days of the Cold War because every president in the future will pound you mm-hmm. and every Congress in the future will pound you if you dismantle this democracy. So be careful what you wish for, my friend. Hmm. Can we back that up? Is he uh, is he all full apple teenies and talking tough? Oh boy, <laughs> what are you suggesting? Writing a check that is we can't cash, as yeah. they say. I love the tone, but future presidents? What if Germany squeals, as Germans will, um, and says, "Oh, don't be tough on the Russians. We get our gas from them." Right. Germany. And then um, to transition to China. Uh, uh, saw an article in the Financial Times today, the the growing relationship between Beijing and Moscow, and I didn't read it, but that's, that's to me, the frightening thing. Oh, yeah. They are hardcore into the whole enemy of my enemy is my friend, and so they've realized, hey, we got a natural counterweight to the U.S. here. Vlad, she, together at last, oh, skipping arm in arm down the street. Peggy Noonan in the Wall Street Journal, she, you know, she goes back to writing speeches for Reagan. She goes way back, but... She talked a little bit about, hey, just a reminder, everybody, these are nuclear powers that are, you know, staring each other in the face and all the time. It's still not. She's talking about how many people in the, just in the public and even in the military are post caring about nuclear weapons. It's like, you know, that never happened. Can't ever happen. It's not even you don't even have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And just reminding everybody, you know, that's always on the table that. Somebody decides if they're backed into a corner that a nuke is a good idea, and then everything changes forever. Yeah, I, th- I think that's borne out by the lack of backing anybody into a corner. You know, I think everybody realizes the other guy has, you know, the apocalypse in their pocket and doesn't push that far. That's what you hope. Including, you know, a handful of proxy wars that were bloody as hell. Um, so the China end of this report out today that China media freedom is declining at breakneck speed, according to a new report. As China prepares for the opening ceremony of the Winter Olympics, foreign journalists working in the country warn media freedom is declining faster than they've seen. Um, it's always been challenging reporting conditions for foreign media, but journalists based there say they face an increasingly hostile public and new forms of intimidation, including online trolling, physical assault, cyber hacking, and visa denials. Now, if you, come on, China! If you report anything that brushes up against even slight criticism of the Communist Party. According to the annual survey by the Foreign Correspondents Club China, which was released today, uh, the FCCC says much of the harassment takes place on Twitter, an app that is banned in China, indicating that it's most likely carried out with the approval of authorities, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, Hong Kong, which used to be a bastion of media, media freedom in Asia, is no longer seen as a base for more than 20 foreign journalists who were kicked out by China last year, forcing many to report from places further afield like Taiwan and South Korea. Yeah, so there's no more free media in Hong Kong either, so. There you go, and that's going to be interesting how that is on display during this Olympics, which starts when? Uh, Wednesday are the first events. The opening ceremonies are Friday. Really? 
Yeah. Wow. I know. I know. One of the points that has been made is you can tell this is a different Olympics that there's just not the buildup we're used to. Right. And here it is. Right. The opening ceremony's Friday, and I didn't even know that. Yeah, I think watching and listening to the Olympics, and I will some. I should boycott, I guess. I, I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, but it's it's going to be a weird experience as the especially large elephant crouches in the corner of the room, and nobody brings it up. Right. Will there be shots of Beijing? I mean, because usually part of the Olympics package when it comes to watching TV is, you know, your, your shots of the brave Olympic uh, diver from China and her little village and the beautiful mountains and blah, 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 or the streets of Beijing and the food and the interesting markets. Will they just go hardcore sports and try to really, really downplay the fact that it's in China? Well, I know we were reading about all the advertisers that certainly aren't going as big as they have in the past. Yeah, and uh, interestingly enough, those are nine-figure deals to be one of the big sponsors. That's your $100 million-plus deals uh, to be, for instance, a Coca-Cola. And interesting coverage at the Dispatch uh, about the uh, latest uh, Coca-Cola Olympic ads. Have you seen these? Oh, yeah, the one where two old men are racing down the sidewalk, uh, trying to be the first one to pick up and hand an empty bottle to a woman emptying recycling bins. Or the waiter pirouetting around the room as if he's ice dancing, scooping up a bottle and twirling over to the recycling bin. It's all like environmental sustainability themed. But nobody's seen them in the U.S., just in China. Coca-Cola, having spent all this money, is now, and I love this quote. Uh, Let me make sure I get this right. Um, It may be the world's first example of companies devising their marketing strategy around trying to ensure people think of them as little as possible. During the Olympics. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think this is good news. I I definitely think this is good news that Coca-Cola thinks it's just bad business for them to be associated with the the communist Olympics. Mm-hmm. So we're not even going to run ads in the United States. Wow. They didn't think that when they made this deal, but the money's already committed. Well, and they're still absolutely committed to growing their presence in China and doing more and more business with the For Chinese. For now, I think right. eventually you're not going to be able to do that either. Yeah, I wonder. I think the statement by luxury watch brand Omega was kind of interesting. In the New York Times, uh, they said, uh, we're not getting involved in any of that political stuff at all as we run our watch ads and stuff for the Olympics. It has been our policy not to get involved in certain political issues because it would not advance the cause of sport in which our commitment lies. Mm, That's Weasley. For those of you whose brains don't work real well, let me point something out there. Their, uh, uh, the cause that they have is selling watches. <laughs> right. And they think advertising those during manly and womanly, young, athletic, good-looking, tough sports sells more watches. That's the only cause they got. The beauty of international sport, please. It could be a cooking show or or, or, or dachshund races or <laughs> or C-SPAN. If it sold watches, that would be their cause. So please save your horse dung for others, Omega. That's I met a guy it. yesterday, seven feet tall. Yeah? I figured he had to be in sport, but Was he wasn't he? in sport. Not in sport. See, nobody uses that term that way. Mint. <laughs> Mint. <laughs> and if you didn't talk like that, you'd probably be would have been president. He's a stiff. Um, so how do you think this is going to play out with the Olympics opening ceremonies? I, I, I feel like I'll, I'll feel guilty if I watch. I'm going to watch as a 
I hate to use the term journalist because that's overinflating my role in the world. But uh, as somebody who wants to just observe it and talk about it on the radio, but if if it weren't for that, I don't think I'd watch. I wonder. I, I want to. He- I want to see it just because I want to hear the commentary. Yeah. Because the opening ceremony will be China-themed. Do you remember 2008 when they did that amazing opening ceremony? That was the best ever there in China. And the announcers on NBC just couldn't go on and on enough about how amazing it was. They can't do that this time around. And I assume it's going to be a pretty impressive show of fireworks and dancing slaves and all kinds of other stuff. The fact that I just used that term shows how different it is. They are. They are dancing slaves. You think they have an option of not dancing in that show Friday night? No. Well, the lens has changed. We, in 08, we looked at China through the lens of they're actually getting more and more like us all the time. The more technology we give them and the more aid we give them, the more likely they are to become a democracy and we'll all be friends. And everybody believed that, left, right, and center. Well, now that lens has changed. They are bent on enslaving the world. They enslave actual people now and are bent on crushing us. But I, and so yet I, we will go there and, and, and get on our knees and thank them for holding their races. Can somebody Google this, or maybe you know this? Who, who are the main announcers? Like, Bob Costas isn't involved anymore with NBC. No, is, it, is this still no Katie idea. Couric, or do we know? Can somebody, Mike Tirico. Mike Tirico. Okay, so is, uh, and he's really good. But so I wonder if they've been discussing this or practicing this or whatever, because normally you'd have the opening ceremonies going on. At some point, the camera is going to pan over, and there's President Xi. And, you say, and there's President Xi. I'm sure he's proud of the... That's normally the way you talk, but you can't... I don't think you can do that this time. I'd imagine they've had hours and hours of meetings on that very top. I'll bet they don't even... I'll bet they either don't say his name or pan over there. I think well, that's I the think way to... NBC has their own director, so they will air no shot they don't want to have yeah, on the so they don't. So they don't have to get in that uncomfortable position, but you, they certainly can't do that sort of thing. No. President Xi hosting the Olympic Games for the second time in 15 years. And once again, it's a spectacular show, Mike. They can't do that. Right, exactly. He's the F. <laughs> he I almost dropped the word. He is the SOB that unleashed this freaking COVID on us that has made every single man, woman, and child in the world miserable, cost millions of lives, trillions of dollars. You can't put him on TV. And he's still lying about it to this day. That's funny. Dr. Fauci said they were being really transparent. Huh. I represent never, science. Never forget. And if you took the COVID out of it, you still could be just as mad for all the other stuff they're doing. Stealing from us, um, and, you know, b- battleships in places where they don't be- belong. Slaves everywhere. Right. Asshole. In short, sir, yes. Uh, you're right. God dang it. How, how do you not watch that with just loathing seeping out of every pore? Well, if you include their power into the equation, which you have to, it's easily the worst country on earth. It's the worst country on earth. Why oh, yeah. is the world going to gather for a party at the worst country on earth and, and then keep their mouths shut about why they're so awful? It's weird. Boy, the more we talk about it, the more I think, how can I possibly watch it? How can I watch just because I like bobsledding? I don't want to be party to that. I mean, I don't want to, you know, punish the 19-year-old from Pumpkin City, Oklahoma, who's uh, Pumpkin Center. I'm sorry, Pumpkin Center. That's the town. Uh, From Pumpkin Center, Oklahoma, who's on the bobsled team. But, yeah, yeah, that's the tough thing. So what's it about? Is it about the athletes? Is it about the contest? Is it about the, 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 the sport? 
I say the once, love of sport. I say once you get to Saturday and it's just sport, it is, but that opening ceremony is not. That's about the most evil country in the world having the attention of the world to try to show that their system is better than freedom. I wonder if the opening ceremony will just be, you know, one of those giant, lavish thousand people dancing with with maps projected on the floor and, and fireworks. And, and the theme's going to be places we have crushed. And and the, they'll have the map of China and they'll show the Xinjiang province and crushed. And then Hong Kong and they'll have, you know, big, giant, like puppet Chinese soldiers marching into Hong Kong and crushing it like a check mark will appear. And then they'll have the South China Sea and maybe they'll just go, <laughs> they'll just be open about it. We're out to crush the world. And then a map of Africa. Here are all the countries we've co-opted with aid or building the ports or highways and something like that. And the map will get redder and redder as the ceremony goes on. And then Chairman Xi will march out and be lifted up on some sort of platform and behold me, the emperor of the world. At least that'd be honest. And then Uyghur races. Oh, my God. Yes, Michael? Do you think China can control the NBC broadcast? I mean, like, cut it off? If they say we don't like what we're seeing, just somehow shut that thing off. If they just, if it got, I think if I think if NBC like overtly criticized China, which they're not going to do, I don't think. Obviously, they could shut off the cameras because they got to have the cameras there and Chinese Chinese electricity and everything else. There would be technical difficulties. Yeah, yeah, I, I guarantee uh, the Chinese have installed some sort of kill switch somewhere. Maybe the satellite trucks. That'd be an easy way to do it. I wonder, if, they have their, the I wonder if China has their own delay on the broadcast. Interesting question. I'm sure that if, if indeed, the American uh, television folks made that sort of agreement, they're not talking about it. Yeah. If you know anything about that, uh, send us a text or email. Pretty interesting stuff. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A new report shows that last year the U.S. economy grew at its fastest rate since Ronald Reagan was president. Biden has even started using Reagan's old catchphrase, where am I? Yep. That was not the only reference to the president being uh, not with it. Right. Well, it's hard to ignore. He's uh, senile is the thing. Oh, well, speaking bad of me- care. That's right, sir. It's a good point. I got a, I got go a term ahead. you're going to hate coming up. You know how you hate oh, made-up words? I really do. Some, although uh, we decided that infodemic is a pretty good term. That's pretty early good, in the yeah. show today. Yeah, I like that one. How, that how, is, well, how do you feel about grandfluencers? Old people who are influencers <laughs> on social media. I think it's terrible, but it made me laugh. <laughs> So, uh, let's see. Infodemic is a massive amount of widely and rapidly circulating information about a particular crisis or controversial issue consisting of a confusing combination of fact, falsehood, rumor, and opinion. That's pretty good. Infodemic. I get all my information from grandfluencers, but... (laughs) All right. Uh, So, uh, Sean Penn... Did an interview with The Independent recently. That's It's a newspaper slash website. Uh, he's talking about his belief that men have become quite feminized. He said, I am in the club that believes that men in American culture have become wildly feminized. Uh-huh. I don't 
I don't think that being a brute or having insensitivity or disrespect for women is anything to do with masculinity no. or, ever, or ever did. He's right. But I don't think that in order to be fair to women, we should become them. Good one, Sean. Yeah, I agree with them completely. And uh, the independent said, oh, can you clarify those comments? Penn said, I think that men have, in my view, become quite feminized. I have these very strong women in my life who do not take masculinity as a sign of oppression toward them. There are a lot of, I think, cowardly genes that lead people to surrendering their genes and putting on a skirt. The independent mentions that his daughter was alongside him to promote their film. And during Penn's comments on men becoming feminized, his daughter was quiet, staring into space. (laughs) I don't know if that means anything, but, you know, it's funny. I've lived long enough now to see various, like, fashions come and go on what's the approved way for men to act. I've never needed that from media or TV or sitcoms or or anything else, but uh, I guess some people do. I don't know if I have time for this now, but there's a new study out that says men are more likely to respond negatively to gender challenges, a study found. A gender threat occurs when a person is threatened by the possibility of acting like the opposite gender, like people think you're feminine or whatever. And it says men tend to respond negatively, defaulting to behaviors like trying to outcompete others. That's seen as a negative behavior from a man to want to outcompete others. Uh, it got us out of the caves. Yeah, it's an interesting view of the world. Uh, if you miss an hour of the show, grab it on the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In a move that seems like it's intended to drive away listeners, here's a little bit of the view from moments ago. Well, also, if you're going to do this, then let's be truthful about it, because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's not about race. It's a different race. But it's it's not about race. It's not about race. Because it's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. It's well, about but it's not, it's Jews, not about you know, and, and race. It's it's not but these are two Romans. white groups of people. Well, how do we have to black people? But see them as white men. But you're missing the point. You're yeah. missing the point. Yeah. The minute you turn it into race, it goes down this alley. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. What is she talking about? That's Whoopi Goldberg trying to make that point. Have I been sent to hell for my sins? So Tim, Why S- am I hearing this? I actually came across <laughs> it on Tim Sandifer's Twitter feed where he said, remember when we said if racism, if everything is racism, nothing is racism? Well, now apparently the Holocaust wasn't racism, and that's where I got the clip. And Tim went on to say, I guess if what she meant to say is that characterizing the Holocaust as racism fails to grasp the true scope of its horror, well, maybe. But she goes on to say it was two groups of white people, which would have come as a surprise to the Fuhrer. Yeah. What was her? Do you get her point? What was her point? I think I know what she was driving at, but it's a idiotic and b poorly put. So I, I must admit, I get very. I, I'm not good on the what's race and what's ethnicity thing. I probably should do some research because I get confused. So I well, to... well, you can research it all all you want. It's it's a purposeful smearing of those two concepts. So I had to fill out some paperwork for my kids to get their 
COVID test to get into the bull riding on Friday. That's a really weird and hard-to-believe sentence. I had to get my kids a COVID test and fill out a form about race and ethnicity so we could go watch some guys get thrown off bulls. <laughs> Anywho, uh, one of the questions on there was, uh, I, re- I, for- I forget which one was first, race or ethnicity, but it asked, which are you? And it gave some choices, and I picked white. Usually I don't answer these things. I was just in a hurry. I just wanted to get it over with and get in the freaking arena. But then the next one was, so that one was race, and the next one is, what's your ethnicity? And it also had the choice of white. And I thought, well, what am I... I don't know. I'm confused by the question, so I just I just left them blank. Can I be yeah. can I be a white white race but not white ethnicity or well, vice yeah, versa? This is the problem we're getting into. The idea of race and racism has such power to it. And 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 the history of racism and the discussions about racism and all the activists who want various things realize if they pretend that Hispanic is a race or, uh, you know, any other ethnicity or, or people with red hair or whatever. They're, they're, everything's a race, not an ethnicity, a nationality, a culture, whatever. It's a race. They, they, can, they can cow people into compliance. And so the term has gotten completely, you know, ill-used. Because I saw a thing today. What is the racial makeup of Ukraine? And it was eight, uh, 75% Ukrainian race. Yeah, and no. <laughs> 15% Russian. Yeah. And then I had the opportunity to be my race white or not and my ethnicity white or not. And I was confused by those. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that stuff's garbage. And I just, I don't know. It wears What me do you out. check on those things? Usually I don't answer them, but like I said, I was just trying to, I didn't know if I'd put none, if it was going to happen. I, I was just trying to answer it as fast as I could so I could get the freaking fake COVID test probably so we could go watch the bull riding. I always uh, just write uh, in all caps, American, with three exclamation points. There you go. And then I draw a little flag. I, I carry colored pencils. And then you sing that Kid Rock song. Exactly. Yep. I carry red, white, and blue uh, pencils. We and I draw an American the flag. people. Let's go, Brandon. That's what I start singing. Exactly. I just start bellowing it out right there in line to fill up my paper. like this. <laughs> of course, I got a cowboy hat on. Yeah, that's what I did. Can I be the come on guy? <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't stop doing on. it when we moved yesterday. He just kept singing that when we moved yes. his furniture. That had to be entertaining. Go in and audition for Kid Rock. Come on! That's pretty good. We'll keep you in mind. Next. Come on! <laughs> yeah, boy. Oh, hey, come on. Listen to this. All the discussion about Joe Biden and the Supreme Court pick. Got to be a a black gal. He promised it to James Clyburn, so Clyburn would then fake endorse him and win South Carolina. Uh, You know, folks like us have said the idea that you want to restrict it to, you know, one race, got to be a woman, the rest, it, it just doesn't seem right. It's in violation of the Supreme Court rulings and the federal law and the rest of it. Well, a poll is out recently that may shock ye, uh, but first a couple of words from... Uh, let's do a 21. This is Chris Christie, who is undoubtedly considering running for president himself. We're going to see how much Joe Biden thinks he really owes to Jim Clyburn. Jim Clyburn saved Joe Biden's backside. 
Without Jim Clyburn, Joe Biden would not be sitting in the White House right now. That's a political reality. And the question in my mind is going to be, how much is Congressman Clyburn going to call in that on this one? Because if he calls it in, I think it's very, very difficult for Joe Biden to look at Jim Clyburn in the eye and say no. That's a really important conversation, and I want to have it. But was that bleep in the middle from us or the network? It was from us. Because I didn't see it uh, live, but I'm pretty pretty sure he said... Chit, C H I T. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a gambling term. Yeah. Isn't I watched it? it live. Yeah, it's, it's a gambling term. Did somebody yeah, think it was S H S H I T? Yeah, I did. Like yeah. Okay. Chris Christie said, "Is he going to call in that S?" <laughs> no, it's <laughs> chit, chit. I got to <laughs> admit, funny. while I was watching it live, I got to admit when I heard it because I just I was doing other things too, and I was like, yeah. "What was that?" Oh, chit, chit. Right. Okay, right. As in chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Uh, so, listen, uh, the folks. You're thinking, yeah, it seems to me we ought to just go for the best person, you know, and maybe make sure we look at everybody's resume. But more than three quarters of Americans, 76 percent, want Joe Biden to consider all potential nominees to replace uh, Stephen Breyer. ABC Ipsos News poll, 76 percent say, no, you can't restrict it like that. 76 percent, including 54 percent of Democrats. So here's why that's so amazing, or what makes it even more amazing, is you wouldn't get that at all from anything that was talked to. The Sunday shows, that was their lead story. Forget Ukraine, forget COVID. The lead story was Supreme Court justice, because they're all living in the big high school that is Washington, D.C., and it's all the talk. Nobody brought that up. Um, Stephanopoulos brought up the poll and just said, oh, that's a surprising number. And then they moved on. And the freaking weak Republicans, God, can't they get any Republicans on any of these shows that will stand up for their side? On the very show where Stephanopoulos mentions that number, Chris Christie doesn't have the guts to criticize what Joe Biden did. Nobody did. So you are in safe ground by far when a majority of Democrats believe, no, no, you should open up to anybody. You're not going to come off as racist or misogynist by saying, I think they ought to take just get the best person in general. Uh, Three quarters of Americans agree with that. And nobody had the guts to say it out loud. Well, they're they're, they're terrorized at the idea of being called a racist. So you just steer clear of it. Which is, you know, cowardly. Maybe it's a sensible political calculation. I don't know. They all seem to make it. So maybe we're the outliers. Maybe we just don't know how it really works. They're at the crucible of power. But I think they are way, 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 and by they I mean all of them, way too concerned with the Twitter mob. That outer 3%, I don't know, 5% of crazed, woke uh, Democrats. Bill Maher, we played some Bill Maher earlier in the show today. Man, he was bringing it and his crowd roaring their approval with the idea that the left has lost its mind and moved so far that the, uh, your, your, your liberals of five years ago are just astonished at where the party has moved. That's so frustrating to me. But do you think any there's any chance that Biden's going to back off his? Uh, I don't think there is. No, no. no. He's uh, you know in America, which is what we're all about, which is one of the reasons we're not a Beltway show, we're not a Wonk show. We haven't moved to D.C. We don't rub elbows with the powerful <laughs> if they'd have us. Um, although we did just find out we're what in the top twenty podcasts in America or something like yes! that. Yes. Anyway. 
That's just it's proof we need better broadcasts in America, you know? <laughs> this drivel is ascended. To, now, anyway, uh, what was I going for? Oh, that's right. So, you know, we're not uh, of the Beltway. Well, it's notable that every freaking body in the Beltway, left, right, politician, journalists, they all, eh, we're not talking about that. No way we talk about that. When 76% of Americans have said, come on! I just, I don't know. It's a, for the 175th time. And when I hit 200, I ought to get a plaque or something. That subculture is not America. They're not even close to typical America. They're, they're weirdos, man. It's like the Capitol and the Hunger Games. They wear weird clothes and weird makeup and say weird crap. Yeah, I can't believe that even the Republican pundits, though, wouldn't go there. Nobody had the freaking balls to say, I think he should choose just who's ever the best qualified. Nobody had the balls to say that, even though... The majority of Democrats believe it. Very Chris Christie talking about calling in a chit. Somebody's got to call him on his. Ooh. Eh. Sort, of, sort of a play on words. That was like top 20 podcast good, but definitely not top 10. New Monmouth poll out. I'll give it to you when we come back. The, the question was, it's time we accept that COVID is here to stay and we just need to get on with our lives. How many people agree with that? Oh, kind of I'm fits on the in, edge of my seat. Kind of fits in with what we were just talking about. That's next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Going to be high expectations for the Super Bowl after five of six games going down to the final play. And then, you know, that sixth game last night was also very, very exciting. So, I mean, but, but five of six games went down to the last, you know, play of the game, which is just extraordinary. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. I just went into the day rooting for the Chiefs and Niners, so I don't want to talk about it much more, but uh, you're right. Yeah. God, what a bad loss for the Chiefs. That is rough. Well, and the Niners sucked. But, yeah. They, they had much lower expectations yeah. going in than the Chiefs. Um, So a new Monmouth poll out. That's a legit polling organization that people like and believe in. Here's the statement. It's time we accept that COVID is here to stay, and we just need to get on with our lives. Agree or disagree? Overall, agree, 70%. Wow. Disagree, 28. Hmm. So if you're in the, let's just get on with our lives crowd. Well, and I'll point out, if you don't want to get on with your life or, you know, whatever that means to individual, you live your life the way yeah, you don't, think is right. Don't go to the bull riding or the restaurant or whatever. And or the mask. giant NFL game with uh, 80,000 people and the unmasked governor and mayor. But don't force us to do what you want to do. Then break it down by party. So for the GOP, it's 90% get on with our lives. Mm-hmm. But even for Dems, it's 47-51, 47. So it's basically a 50-50 issue, even for Democrats. Um, which I think is significant. And I don't think that fits in with you know mainstream media coverage. And for independents, the always important independents, because there's so many people now that don't want to call themselves a Republican or a Democrat because of the way the fringes of both of those parties act. 
Um, a lot of people don't want to be attached to either one. Independents, 71% agree, 26% disagree. Wow. Wow. And again, overall, it's 70-28 agree. How long will the mandates and the uh, regulations and the forced closings and the masked kids continue, though? School thing? I don't know. I don't know because the teachers unions are so freaking powerful and the whole we got to keep the kids safe thing, even though there's no science to back up that you are keeping kids safe. There's actually a fair amount of science to back up the fact that you're making kids miserable. Um, But as far as just like mandates and stuff, I think the Super Bowl is going to be huge. As we've been saying, I think they've got to do away with the L.A. County uh, mask mandate and the stadium mandate before the Super Bowl, or it will just be too on the nose to see tens of thousands of people there with no masks, including probably the commissioner and the governor and all kinds of celebrities. Right, right. Yeah, the uh, the L.A. Uh, health guru, dictator, crank woman, Barbara Ferrer, Declared last week that the NFC Championship game, masks were required 100%. What do you suppose she... I would like to have been around her yesterday. What was she thinking as she watched the crowd and there wasn't a mask to be seen, including on the freaking governor? Right. And the mayor. And your mayor. Yeah. Do they ever bump up against reality? I don't know. I don't know what their lives are like, honestly. Does she have a butler who goes to the grocery store for her and she just cowers in her safe room in the midst of her her Brentwood mansion? I don't know. The only possible like analogy I can think of this in American history, you got to go back to prohibition. When you had, you know, rules, laws and and everybody just ignored them. Mhm. Yeah, there were senators, dry senators who who partied every uh, weekend. Drank like crazy. Other than that, in my life, there has not been any, just, just everybody ignores it. Doesn't mean anything. Other than driving five to ten miles an hour over the speed limit. But other than that, I can't think of one. But even in Prohibition, I mean, you didn't have, like, cocktail parties in the rotunda of the Capitol. And TV cameras covering it. Right. I mean, this is this is a a bizarre new level of disdain for your own stupid regulations. Do we, do we still have that Tom McClintock clip talking about Governor Gavin Newsom of California when he was caught dining at the French Laundry? Uh, Congressman Tom McClintock said, I congratulate him for having the good sense to ignore his own idiotic mandates. Yeah. It's a Weezer feel to that, yeah, huh? Yeah, does have a Weezer feel. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. I like. I look just like Buddy Holly, too. Let's begin with uh, our technical director, Michelangelo. We're getting everybody a final thought in to wrap the show up for the day. Michael, what is it? My final thought is, let's add two national holidays. The Monday after the championship games and the Monday after the Super Bowl. Because I'm just exhausted today and... Uh, uh, every year I say after the Super Bowl, this should be a national holiday. God, and you're a West Coaster. You don't know what it's like to do it on the East Coast. It's it's tough, man. I'd like to see that polled. I think that's a great idea. Why not? Eliminate one of the dumb holidays and, and go with that. Hey, uh, young Alex, our behind-the-scenes producer, you've got a final thought, don't you? I do, and I second the nomination there. Uh, I've been pretty good with my playoff picks, but I'm man enough to admit it. I picked Niners Chiefs, and I was completely wrong. But I'm um, looking forward to a good Super Bowl. 
Oh, somebody's got to remind him of the official Armstrong and Getty uh, policy. You make a sports prediction, you're wrong, you lose a finger. Uh, two pinkies. Go ahead. All right, done. Uh, Jack, final thought for us? Alex helped me move some furniture over the weekend, continuing a tradition that I think a lot of us have, where we move practically worthless furniture from place to place to place. You couldn't give it away if you wanted to, but here you are moving it to another home. You know, I'm going to abandon my final thought for the uh, One More Thing podcast, which you can get later today at armstrongandgetty.com. My final thought is you're absolutely right, because I've tried to get rid of really nice furniture. Nobody wants it. I mean, you can't give it away. And yet, if you get to your new place and need furniture, where's all the nice free furniture? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's what Alex and I were talking about. But if I need one of these, and I do, I'd have to buy one. So I guess I'm moving it again. Of course, there's no money in handing out free furniture. So, dang it, there's got to be something there. I know the bookcases we were moving were completely worthless. Not worth a dollar. The furniture's free, but I get 10%. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can pick up some A&G swag if you like a t-shirt or a... A hoodie or that sort of thing, email us if there's something we ought to be talking about. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Grab the podcast there, too. See you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. Oh, my God. This show has everything. The third article. The third article. Let's write it now. Ellie's crumbling because Gascon is bumbling. So things are looking good. Are you sure of that, dude? So be careful what you wish for, my friend. But, Mr. Speaker, it isn't enough. To say sorry. This is a moment when we must look at ourselves in the mirror and we must learn. Just forget it. Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.